0: Oh, so far away Lucas, so we're here for one of our regularly scheduled, or should I say irregularly scheduled Q&A videos.
1: Uh, yeah, so we're recording this one just a tiny bit ahead in advance just so that like, you won't be away in America and unable to record.
0: Yeah, so the video, not videos, so there's going to be videos going up after this, it's so not going to be a podcast going up after this because I will literally not be in the country because I'm travelling to
1: America, which is currently having a
0: great time.
1: Yeah, all the way around, but that yeah. Podcasts will be live, videos won't be for the next the next week and then like. Oh, next... I meant videos on like the channel. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah channel videos will be going up um, as normal. And then next week's podcast will not exist, and then we'll be back after that. But yeah, we just want wanna record one while we can with some questions and stuff, and you can send your questions over to Carl's Corner QA at gmail.com uh, for the next episode. But yeah.
0: Yes. And uh, do you want to do any more housekeeping? We've also got the Untitled Side channel, which will be linked below, where you can find your current favourite video to read the comments on, can't we, Lucas, where it's like, you, oh, why dear. you should watch One Piece, where you go into great detail about, yeah, I know it's long, but here's why I'm going to try and, like, you know, convince you to watch it anyway. And every mm. other comment is just, but it's too long, well.
1: Yeah. so uh, Well, <laughs> I spent 10 minutes discussing that. And like letting you know what reason there is to get into it, and like how I recommend watching it and stuff. And then, nope, too long. Is there but, okay. a more
0: frustrating thing online than people responding to the title of a video or article and not reading the actual content itself?
1: Yeah, that's the annoying thing. Because if like if you're just gonna dismiss the video, don't click on the video to make a comment to let me know that you dismissed my video. It's where you just, get that. just
0: ignore it amazing um, article I think it was by like NPR or something like that where the title of the article was um, why does nobody online read now and if you go click on it, it um the article just says um, if you read this just repost it on Facebook or social media and don't comment mm-hmm. and do not leave any comments on the, um, uh, the if you and if you happen to see this uh, reposted elsewhere don't
1: leave a comment like, essentially, the opening of the article was like, this was a test you've passed. Yeah, and it's that thing about there's nothing else written there and the amount of people you saw
0: online. Comment- yeah, no one reads anything online, they say. It's <laughs> disgusting. And it's like, well, you didn't read it either. Yeah, I did. We'll click it then. And then you just see them delete their comments afterwards. <laughs> it's like, oh.
2: Uh, Amazing.
0: But well, speaking of, like, um, uh, you know, reading through things in their entirety before responding to them, do we have any questions, Lucas?
1: Uh, We do. I just want to say that usually, like, we're going to be after Carl's, you know, fun time in America, hopefully. Big Um, fun
0: times. I'm going to the American South as well, so you know shit's going to be real. (laughs) I'm going to the American South with my mixed-race bisexual girlfriend. I can't wait. Hell yeah. It's It's going to be a great great. time.
1: Uh, But yeah, so I guess from, like, the 13th of July, Mm -hmm. we'll be back live on patreon.com slash untitled side channel. We'll be doing these at, like, 7 o'clock UK time. Provided that Carl is alive and well, yes. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's what we'll plan on doing weekly. But right now, you know, we just have to work around people's time off and stuff. So We do indeed,
0: yes. But uh, do we have any questions on Mon or any more housekeeping to do before that?
1: Uh, Housekeeping. Go check out the Fat Fee merch. Link will be in the description. Oh, yeah, I always forget that. I'm wearing some right now. I'm like, (laughs) that's Carl's, Carl's merch. And he's like, oh, shit, I forgot about that one. I always
0: do, because I'm wearing it. I don't need anymore.
1: That's true, I guess. But yeah, um we'll just crack on with the Q&A then. So um we have a question here from uh Kiri, apparently. Um it says Hello Lucas and Carl, what are each of your thoughts on thoughts on the concept of the personal brand? Okay. You've both mentioned it throughout the years and it seems to be seems to require a more diverse i.e. like TikTok, streaming, etc., and consistent present online. Mm-hmm. to maintain and or grow your audience as business owners in this neo-capitalist society how do you both balance a seemingly increased social pre- societal pressure to develop your personal brand and the grind culture with maintaining your personal identity i hope this question makes sense Gary.
0: uh it do- the question does make sense uh in case mm-hmm. okay, so they're worried about that but um i flubbed a couple of lines but yeah it's one which is difficult to answer because I don't think I do manage to strike that balance. Like, there are often occasions where, you um, know, the frustrations of dealing with that leak into my everyday life. And mm-hmm. then those frustrations in turn leak into um, uh, my social media presence. So it's not something I think I'm very good at. It's something that I do, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily think I'm able to give any advice on it. And how about yourself? Do, I, do you feel you're able to strike that balance a bit better than
1: I am? Not really, I think I'm just on the other end of it, where, like, I'm still quite good at telling myself to take time off. Um, It has started to bleed into me a little bit, like, last week when I was off, and, like, you know, me and my girlfriend were off to spend time together every now and then. I'd be like, yeah, but I should be upstairs doing some work, shouldn't I? You should probably, you should probably get a little bit of work done. Like, Why just a, a bit little bit. Like, I could just go when you go to bed or something. And it's like, no, no, just, like, turn your brain off but then i i personally get frustrated cuz like i know that i can be in more places than i am like i keep meaning to um upload more tiktoks and like get my yeah. tiktoks on instagram for like the reels as well but i just forget to do it a lot of the time
0: and that's the thing of um it is very easy to forget and let le- real life get in the way. And I think the mm-hmm. fact that we let our real lives get in the way of this shows that we probably have a healthier balance than we think because there are people out there who they don't
1: have any, like there's no line between their online self. that's selves. what I'm scared of, yeah, because I hear yeah. so many other people talk about that that I'm like, I need to try and push myself to, to not get to that point.
0: Yeah, because I've talked before about um, just a minor example of this I witnessed where I had an ex-girlfriend who was just obsessed with Snapchat and everything. And do you know that old thing people say about, oh, you're not experiencing the real world? It's like, no, mm-hmm. like sharing things on social media is fine. And so it's a repository of like life experiences. Like, who's not going to want like um, an itemized chronological account of all the time they spent with their friends? But the story I always tell is when she was on Snapchat, when she was ice skating trying to take a selfie as she was moving and slammed straight into a wall. Right, yeah. Like, so completely consumed by, like, trying to take this selfie she just went straight face first into a wall, and I just laughed.
1: And, like, yeah, that's the thing is, I do agree to an extent in terms of, like, yeah, make sure that you're not always on your phone and, like, experiencing some of what you're doing. But I just say, like, our memories aren't perfect, but the idea that, like, for example, since I've had my puppy Cade, We've had him nearly two years, and I can scroll through my phone and go, "Oh, remember this day when we like got him his bed for the first time?
2: Yeah. When we
1: we took him for his first big walk and look at him being so tired?" Like I don't fully remember that, yeah. And that's but being able to go and look through is great. And I've met people;
0: they get annoyed. Like the think like there's an next thing with all things. There's moderation and like a uh, um, a spectrum uh, of like whats is mm-hmm. and isn't isn't acceptable. It's up to you to decide at what point. Um, it is or isn't, and I've had that, I had a, recently had a discussion with a friend of mine who was like just rambling on about all people want to do is sit on their phones all the time, and mm. I was sat there with my phone in my hand. It's like, like, you right now, mate, you got your phone in your hand, and I was just in my head, I'm thinking, well, I want to text my girlfriend who's really far away, and if yeah. I don't, like, and that's the thing, this device allows me to contact someone who's literally on the other side of the world instantaneously. That's a good thing. Like, of course there is like, you know, the, the worry of addiction and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but at the same time, that's a good thing to be able to do that. And it's it's very difficult to um, answer one way or the other because there's unhealthy elements to it, but also it's like the net positives that having technology and the ability to instantly communicate online and across boundaries and borders um, has on people's lives.
1: Yeah, I hate the idea that because you're on your phone, you that time. you're like, you wasted your life and you should be off your phone and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, but you shouldn't always be on your phone. Yeah.
0: It reminds me a little bit of um, there's a couple of tweets that have gone viral recently of, like, I just saw someone get on a plane and just sit and stare at the wall for 10 hours. They didn't have a book. They didn't have a phone. They didn't listen to music. They just stared into the middle distance. I fear this (laughs) person. And it's the thing of, like, is that person spending their time any better than someone sat on their phone? Mm Mm-hmm. Or like sat playing a video game or reading a book. It's like sometimes you do need that escape.
1: Yeah, totally. And like going back to the question is just I do you know, I I would like to grow my uh, my streamer platform, you know, twitch.tv slash legend of Kanto. Nice one. I like what you did there. Yeah. I, I try to, you know, stream a few nights a week. Um it's part of what I consider like my working week of like, you know, trying to hit roughly Forty hours, probably like average that out, but some weeks will be thirty, some weeks will be fifty. Because guess what, mm-hmm. you know, we work for ourselves, and we can we can decide when we're feeling a little bit more motivated to work. But I listen to a lot of other streamers talk about the fact that well, I've worked for two years straight, work streaming twelve hours a day, seven days a week, and I thought I'd give myself a week off. I'm like, what are you doing? Mm. And it's that's the thing. Like, if that's what
0: they want to do, there's not really much you can do to like convince them otherwise i mm-hmm. think like the grind culture there again this is a discussion i had with um, a friend of mine uh, about the idea that i'm constantly working and mm-hmm. i guess in a way i am because you know virtually everything i do revolves around my work in some way but i like my job and my mm-hmm. job it allows me to like be creatively engaged which is like I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that I like my job and that my job allows me to do things that I personally enjoy, such as learning new things, expressing myself creatively and hanging out with my friends.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like I've I've made jokes on this podcast and just, you know, on a personal note as well of like joking about how the fact that you never give yourself a day off and like try and encourage you to do so. But I don't sit there and go, Carl, I don't think it's right that Today, on your day off, you spent two hours writing an article. Like, yeah. oh, I enjoy you know. doing
0: it. Is that is that any different from sitting there and reading a book? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's, I don't see any difference in it. It's like I'm learning something new and then I'm just applying it.
1: I think that's different as long as you don't sit there and feel that pressure and feel bad for it. Like, yeah, sure, go and write an extra article.
0: Yeah, but the thing that I do feel pressure to do is that like when I'm online, for example, because you've got to be on. Quote, unquote, whereas um, I see article writing and research as very passive. It's mm-hmm. something I can do to pass the time, whereas like streaming, because it's very active, it's a very um, uh, like front-facing and digital uh, medium. Mm-hmm. It does require like this extra level of effort to do. So I'm very mindful of that. And uh, when it comes to like building my personal brand, something with experience just this very week with all the like, you know the abortion ban in America, mm-hmm. like it's very difficult because it's fact theme with Kyle Smallwood. It's presented as a group of friends, Who are like you know, and we're trying to be as transparent as we can. Just try to say something as simple as like, I respect women's right to choose and have autonomy over their body, and getting shit for that, and actually having people say, "Well, this is your own personal opinion. Keep it out of your work." It's like, but the work is my, it's an extension of my personality, which is reflected in the work, and this is something I feel strongly about.
1: That will also be reflected. The entire basis of the channel is like a conversation between friends, so. The moment you take the personality out of it, it's like what's left. And just the idea that we can't express our own opinions on a platform where the entire point is our personalities.
0: And that's something that people struggle with because some feedback I've gotten to that. And it's one of the reasons I do do it is that some creators are just so shit scared of saying stuff like that because they don't want to kick the hornet's nest. Yep. And that, to me, is the more depressing part. Like, this is something you feel strongly about. It's something that you have the ability to influence and change people's minds about, and you're not going to do it because you're scared that, like, weird bigots and racists are going to shout at you.
1: We've said many times we don't want want the views or money of bigots and racists and sexists and homophobes and transphobes and just, you know, anyone like that, we just we would rather you just get out of our community. We don't tolerate that shit
0: I also find it weird as well people are saying like now keep these politics out your video it's like one of the people who works on the channel is a woman i just think they're gonna feel if i stay quiet about this or allow people who think that she shouldn't have um, autonomy over her own body are allowed to exist within the community how welcome is she going to feel on the channel not very so it's important to express that
1: and yeah and like obviously i think both of us would express that regardless but yeah, yeah. how but would them- nisha feel if we were just like nisha i think it's Better off, we just like shut up about women's rights right now.
0: Yeah, it's not a good look for us. And is that thing of like, we wouldn't do that, but for those weird men who are like, why are you saying it? If you look at it just from like, you know, the weirdly pragmatic sense they do of like, how does this personally affect you? Well, it affects Mm -hmm. someone who works on the channel. So it's something we should um, address.
1: I can't imagine that like sitting here at home or anything like that and just saying to my girlfriend, well, I don't agree with it, but I'm not going to mention that. Like, oh god,
0: yeah. And she'd be like, "Don't you have a platform?" And he's like, "Yeah, I do." And say, like, "Don't you have complete control over it because you've it's your brand and your face?" Yeah, but I might not get a, like as a racist who subs to me who might unsub, and I'm mm-hmm. really, a, I'm really upset. That's the thing as well. In that point, you're basically saying to like your your partner, I care more about not upsetting
1: someone who doesn't think you should have control over your body than I'm upsetting <laughs> you. And at that point, you're upsetting her so yeah i think like you know this kind of runs back to the question of like maintaining that and maintaining like a personal belief is part of keeping that identity is like your own and yeah I, you... I don't respect you know people who make content online that just shut up for fear of pissing somebody off that's a horrible person anyway
0: we have like shifting allegiances there's it? like uh, you mentioned like a content creator a couple of days ago when we were just talking privately and playing some games. And I went, Oh, you mean they didn't speak up during like the Black Lives Matter movement because they didn't want to upset people and you just went, and to the bottom of the pile they go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like off for fuck's sake. Okay.
0: They were like during the Black Lives Matter movement of it's not my place to say this. It's like you've got a fucking giant um uh, audience and you're black, you should probably say something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like, ah oh. and it's just that thing of yeah, like um, and that's the the thing that I try not to do of like letting that brand because a brand generally has the uh, um the uh, what's the word now the reputation it's probably not the right word but it's the association with being like squeaky clean mm-hmm. so you can't do anything to upset people you can't upset anyone with a brand and it's like no fuck you
1: um well they actually did write an addendum to this question of just I do actually hate the phrase personal brand it feels like it dehumanizes them mm-hmm. i guess they've just written it in there you know because it's an easier to read question that
0: way oh yeah me. it's. Like, i get it and it's that thing of like every Content creator is a brand, mm-hmm. whether they like it or not. It's just like how you personally um draw the distinction between your own real-world personality and the one that you build online. Because of course, like there are people out there with comedic personas or dramatic personas and so stuff. They're not their brand, but they do have the brand that they're built up. Mm-hmm. But even then, um uh, like that when it's the lines more blurred between those two, uh, that's where the risk lies, I feel.
1: And uh, as well not always but it's often the case when you see people with like fake comedic personas a lot of their own personality has bled into that and it's like a more exaggerated version of self. not Usually, always yeah.
0: not always but most of the time yeah
1: but yeah when it's like oh this person always acts like an obed are they actually an obed in real life and then you look into it it's like, oh they act almost exactly the same in real life all oh, right okay
0: the great Robert Pattinson said it, didn't he didn't see him like why do people always method act as a prick why don't they method act as a nice guy <laughs> it's almost like they're just a prick and want an excuse to do it mm-hmm. and I'd say the same about a lot of those like comedic personas that a lot of content creators have which has them being obnoxious and like just raging assholes to people it's like are they like is this put on or is it just they want an excuse to do it in the plausible deniability is oh it's a character it's a character I'm playing so why is the character you're playing a prick it's like
1: and why are you so good at playing a prick? Mm-hmm. And why does everyone who's met you and live with you say that you're also a prick? Yeah, and the distinction we draw here is like, there's a
0: lot of actors. I think like Glenn Howerton plays a sociopath in Always Sunny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like, and he is, by all accounts, like a pretty nice guy.
1: As far but as I've heard,
0: yeah. But he's an actor in a TV show. His act doesn't involve him interacting with members of the public. He's interacting mm-hmm. with other actors on a stage who are also playing characters. Yeah. So that's the distinction with like content creators where they're interacting with real people most of the time. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, you know, performing for a crowd of real people who aren't aware that they're playing a character a lot of the time?
1: Not necessarily, no. Yeah, good question. Yeah, Interestingly. definitely. And um I I hope you've gleaned something out of that. It's hard to, you know, give any kind of advice in this situation because we clearly both have just said like, we're not great at it, but at least we both, I guess. Try to live on the side of like not grinding ourselves down to the bone,
0: yeah, and in the moments where we have we've like you know been aware of that and tried to correct it mm-hmm but thank you
1: yeah, thank you very much um next one I've got is uh from Christian here, it says, okay. dear Carl and Lucas, huge fan of the channel, love what you guys do. My thank question you. is we have heard Carl discuss his absolute love of practical effects in the thing. I was wondering what other practical effects in movies still amaze you both and are on your list of favourites. Are there any lesser-known hidden gems or even famous ones you might not have talked about before? Thank you for your time.
0: Uh, The one that I like to mention is just its one that I think it holds up the best because it's a combination of practical effects, and practical effects are not the be-all and end-all. They are good, Mm. but they're only good when they're used in combination with other filmmaking techniques, which can include CGI, Mm-hmm. that's first and foremost Like i don't hate cgi it's like like practical facts they're a tool and yeah. like any tool they can be used poorly and they can be used well mm-hmm. and the one that i like to point to is the robocop costume specifically oh, okay. when robocop has the mask taken off and you see peter weller's face underneath and the combination of peter weller's acting as a robot which i think is really fucking good because he took like months of mind training Um, To emulate like you know really deliberate move like um, eerily inhuman movements, Mm -hmm. combined with the rest of the suit which looks incredible and was built around his frame which he was very skinny very thin so they could make it look bulkier than his natural frame, combined with the sound effects of like every movement is accompanied by like an electronic motorised whir, and then you have the practical effects of like they blend his face into the side of the helmet so it looks like his face has been stretched over a metal skull. And all of those things in time, each one of those things in, on the round is good, but combined it creates what I argue is like a completely seamless effect
2: mm-hmm. where
0: you fully 100% buy that this is not a man in a costume. This is a human being's remains that have been like inserted into this robotic body. And then you compare that to the Joel Kinneman reboot where they don't have that. They just have the mask around his face and it just looks like a guy in an Iron Man costume. Yes, yeah. You, know, you do not buy for one second that it's not a man in a suit.
1: Well, that's almost um, similar to, like, Iron Man himself, isn't it? Of Like, over-the-MCU, yeah. like, films. You've seen it become less and less convincing that he's actually wearing a suit.
0: Yeah. And as they, they removed away from alike. practical. Mm-hmm.
1: I still think that first Iron Man movie is the best-looking Iron Man
0: suit because it's
1: actually yes. Robert Downey Jr. inside of that costume, walking around. And all they do is add, like, a lot of After Effects and stuff to it. It's, mm-hmm. There's still a, a physical metallic-looking suit all over his body, and he's able to act
0: through that and with that, and as a result, his performance is more genuine. And that's the thing there because the practical effect in that scene enhances the performance. Mm-hmm. So I'd say it's that, and that's one of the things I want to clarify. Because whenever I talk about practical effects, I was like, "Oh yes, yeah, CGI sucks." It's not that CGI sucks; it's that a lot of people use it as a crutch. They don't use it as its intended purpose as of a tool to enhance alongside other filmmaking techniques such as acting, sound design, set design, like camera work, direction, acting, practical effects.
1: There's actually um, a really good video that recently came out from Corridor Crew where they got together with Adam Savage and he like made a replica knife. Um, I can't okay. remember what movie it's from, but like they do like a, a knife like slicing through the nose. It's like a Jack Nixon film. And, um, basically what they do is they build like Adam Savage builds the prop. They take some of the footage with like a proper, like practical blood spray and everything, Mm -hmm. act it out and then do one with like, where the blade hasn't got a tip and CG it all and like make a VFX shot and compare it Mm -hmm. and say like, we, we, the amount of time it took him to build the prop and film it and stuff. You've got that much amount of time to do it in VFX. Let's compare the two techniques and see how they fit against each other. And both have upsides and downsides. And eventually, they they said the best shot is a blend of both. Yep.
0: Um, and it's that's usually well the quickest way to do it because it allows you to like many hands make light work rather than mm-hmm. getting like one group of people to work on one really detailed shot. don't you get two groups to work on a somewhat detailed shot,
1: mm-hmm. and like you know blend them together in post. But and obviously, like having practical effects gives people something to work against. That's the
0: most important thing, yes. Like, let, let actors do their job. Like the, the, the iconic shot is um, just... Uh, it's really sad as well. It's like Ian McKellen when he starts crying on the set of The Hobbit because he's just in a green screen room surrounded by tennis balls on sticks and he starts no. crying <laughs> and they accidentally left the mic on so you can hear him say under his breath, this isn't why I became an actor. Oh, no. But it's more depressing because you go from like those Lord of the Rings movies which were a, a seamless blend of practical and... Practical and uh, digital effects, Mm. and a lot of like camera works. There's all like the um, the perspective stuff isn't there to make the hobbits look shorter. That was really interesting and super fun behind the scenes stuff to watch. Then you compare that to the Hobbit, and it's just him sat on a green screen.
1: Oh god! And like even one of the, you know, probably most famous VFX things of all time is just like look at lightsabers. Yeah, and even. Back in the day when they had practical lightsabers, they were these you know flimsy things that they couldn't hit together properly that mm-hmm. they had to just tap lightly against one another, and then they had to do v f x work to take the like the battery um wires yep. away from like the arms and they had to add the lightsaber effect to them like it even you know back in the eighties and stuff, it's like they were still blending practical and and c g together to try and get the best they could.
0: Yeah and uh, as for like any films where practical effects uh, are quite well used but it might not be a popular film I recommend the film Wishmaster which is a really I'm not going to say bad I'm just going to say generic horror franchise from the 1980s it's mm. so it's not as up there, it's not up there with like Friday the 13th or um, like Hellraiser or any of those other ones but I argue like it's actually more interesting and I think that's one of the reasons it's not as popular. Is because the gimmick isn't as easy to explain. And the gimmick is the and there is a gym, an evil genie, and he comes mm. out of like a little crystal, and he grants wishes. But then the wishes go awry, and like right at the start, like you know, the, in the well, opening they scenes, they go the, what? They go awry, so they go wrong. They oh go awry. right. Okay. And. Um, they have the guy at the very start is like a guy said, I want to see wonders that I've never been seen before. And they just have like this practical effects extravaganza. Of And the one that gets me is like a person's skeleton leaps out of their body. And they have like a practical effects skeleton <laughs> leap out of like a wax model of someone with like fake blood on it. And it looks oh, incredible. So and then later in the film, they have like this statue come to life. And I argue it's one of the greatest practical effects I've ever seen because it looks like a statue walking around.
1: I, oh, I really? don't know
0: what they did to this guy in this suit to make him look so much like a statue but he looks like a statue and then he starts moving and it's fucking horrifying oh that's cool but it's like it's a really interesting series like watch it up to the third one because so I think after the third one they replaced the main actor who has a really specific distinct voice and his voice is like the, what carries the film because his performance is so like magnetic and then after mm. they replaced him it's like his someone trying to, pretend to be him so
1: Fair. I know. it's worth watching one I would say is worth watching, but not because it is particularly great, but I would maybe like go onto YouTube and just have a little look at the practical effects they used in like the 80s Doctor Who. Is it like 60s or something? No, I can't marks. remember how old it is, but yeah, like the, the real old Doctor Who where like the Daleks are literally made out of bins and shit. Oh yeah, bin bin bags and plungers. And I would just implore people to go and just look at some of the villains of the week they made out of just the shit they had in the office at the time.
0: Yeah, that's um, and the Daleks are the best example because they literally have a plunger on the Dalek and it's described as a death ray. And that Mm -hmm. thing was terrifying to an entire generation (laughs) of kids. And it's a plunger. But because the show... And it's that thing of like even weak practical effects, like with the Daleks, can be worked around with good acting direction and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the example there of like any element, Like, and that's what it's like, What the while one element might be weak, you can hide it or cover it up with the use of other ones. Like a good actor with bad practical effects can still make a good film. Likewise, yeah, like, like, like this... good practical effects and bad actor can still make a good horror movie. So how many horror yeah. movie actors are bad actors, but the effects are good. So you'll still watch it because it's like, well, they get murdered and it's like fucking rad.
1: Yeah. And um, it's like, you know, Fucking I've you know, been rewatching the boys to, to wait until season three catches up and the amount of times they just like they've got blood splattering all over Huey and he's just like uh uh oh. Uh. So yeah, the amount of times where they like blew people up and they actually have blood just splatter all over the actor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it gives them so active shots. Yeah. And they've got good actors in those shots as well. So you like it blood works together. Mm-hmm. In the same vein, if all the things come together and they work really well, it can now create an experience like the greater than the sum of its parts.
1: For sure. And like shout out, yeah, to the fact they built a whale to drive into and in the boys. Yep. <laughs> Just they built a fucking
0: whale. And that's the thing. Because fuck you.
1: Yeah. Now that must be empowering when it's like, yeah, we've got this like one scene where like we need to get some kind of like whale for them to drive into. Build it. We'll give build you the, the money. Whale. Just build it.
0: Build the whale. A you sure? Build it. the
2: <laughs> whale.
0: Talk to you now. Build the whale.
1: Thank you for that question. Enjoyed that one. Um, We're ready to move on?
0: Yeah, good question.
1: Cool. So this one is from Anonymous. Okay. Uh, Good whatever time of day it is when you read this. Uh, you've discussed My Hero Academia on the podcast briefly across a few episodes. Yes. I was wondering if you were familiar enough with it to have thought of any of quirk, any quirks for your own amusement. Um, they said they have an idea where the user can hit any target with a launch projectile, but only after it like, ricochets off another surface.
0: Uh, I don't care about this question. Uh, the, Fair enough. Uh, the argument of like what superpower you'd want is the most boring one in the world. <laughs> We've been at, yeah. I've been asked it about a dozen times over the last like three years and every yeah, single sure. time it's like there's no interesting superpowers left and if there is there's probably going to be an episode of My Hero Academia I've not watched yet
1: well last thing is is there a My Hero Academia quirk that stands out to you then? Um, twice twice yeah
0: twice as power yeah we recently did a video where we talked about it and it's like that is a short like that is a horror movie in like a two minute backstory for a side character They just play off at the
1: start of an episode and like, yeah, okay, let's move on. Like, what? This is the most most interesting character in the entire show, and it's like
0: his entire backstory is told in two minutes.
1: And essentially, like, it boils down to he can clone himself, but then that led to all of the clones having like a psychosis break where none of them knew who was the original, and they all murdered each other, and now he doesn't know whether he's real or not.
0: Yep. And that is such a fascinating concept. And like the
1: it's such a like regular ability to think of such a good idea to do with it as well
2: yeah
0: it's why i like uh, my hero academia because and it's someone who do like one piece isn't it it's like Mm -hmm. they show ostensibly simple or not very good powers but if they're used in an interesting way that's the thing it's all about the creativity of the writer and it goes like some of that practical effects thing of like someone with a boring superpower Like, you know, a very mundane one can be interesting if it's, like, you know, utilized by a good writer.
1: Yeah, and, um, like, you know, the main character himself, Luffy. I'm sure when I catch up to One Piece, we'll do, like, a Wiki Week day on them or something, but. No doubt. um, In three years. Literally. literally, (laughs) At one point, it shows, like, him first getting his power and, like, his friends taking the piss out of him. Like, haha, you got a rubber man fruit. That's, like, one of the shittest fruits ever. You can't do anything then flash forward to him training with that power and realizing like new potential with this ability along the way
0: yeah and that's one of the things i like about um superhero media is when they like do something more than just the what a person would naturally expect like uh like my hero academia is a great example of that Mm. where you have um, endeavor it's like his power he controls fire pretty basic superpower all things considered yeah and it's like, you see he's chasing a villain and the villain like flies off into the air. And it's like, well, he can't fly. This is established. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do? And he melts his feet and he runs up a building by melting yeah. the concrete. <laughs> and it's like, the fact that they thought of that is really interesting rather than giving the boring thing of like, no, oh, he just shoots flames out of his feet and flies, which he can do, but he doesn't do in built-up areas because it might hurt people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, you know, again, they consider that. It's like, the, the character could do this, but the character themselves will not do it in this particular scene. So let's think of something else he could
1: do. You have that fight against the Nobu with him where just he's like, fuck it, we're flying through the air. I'm just going to propel myself like a rocket engine.
2: Yeah.
1: And then it's like, um, oh, you know, um, Hawks is with him at the time. And Hawks controls every single feather in his two wings. So he uses some of those feathers to rescue civilians. And while he's doing that, he therefore can't, catch up to that villain because guess what i haven't got my my full wingspan like my ability to fly has started to become repeated so instead i'm going to throw some of my feathers into you to speed you up as you're boosting along yeah
0: this is a you know just interesting application of an otherwise mundane power can make super interesting is there anything like interesting that luffy does in the show that's like um uh surprise you if, Like I've never seen someone with like this similar power set do that like a I've never seen Mr Fantastic for example do something Luffy has.
1: Uh I mean there's a lot. There's a lot in terms of One Piece. Um like for example he like he gained a like temporary speed boost. Okay. By essentially like pressurizing the rubber in his legs to then make his blood flow faster around his body.
0: So that his heart beats faster, so he gets and more then oxygenated. He,
1: he essentially gets like this adrenaline boost which lets him move quicker and acts as like a temporary super speed for him. But he like he has to pump the body up and down his legs super quick using like the rubberized body. Um and then another one which is just silly fun is that he will like twist his legs up as he's in the air to then, like, unleash the potential and it's, like, the gum-gum UFO <laughs> and he just uses his legs spinning around to, like, fly through the air as he attacks people.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, that's interesting. It's an interesting application of that power. And It's like, I apologise to the person who asked the question, but what superpower would you want is such a boring fucking question.
1: I mean, I would just say I want Deku's mum's ability. We always talk about it. Yeah, telekinesis. Of like, oh, I can only move small objects. Like, well, that's useful enough in the house. It's like, ah, oh, my cup of tea is over there. Yeah, it's also, I think something we talked
0: about is, ostensibly, her power is weak, but we see people in that show who are literally given powers that are noted as being so useless, no hero has them, and mm-hmm. they train with them enough to become unstoppable. Yeah. Like Miro, is it?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. who, the hero named Lamillion. Oh, Lamillion, yes. Um... But yeah, he's just like, oh, well, I can get stuck inside a wall and die. But then he trains and does it in a safe way that like, oh, no, now I'm the best hero that exists.
0: Because I'm completely intangible during all like, combat, so I can't be hurt. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing with like Deku's mum. Like, I can only move small objects. It's like, well, a knife is a small object. <laughs> is there anything say you can't throw knives in people? Or, like, you know, someone's, I don't know,
1: like, eyeball is a small object. Can you move their eye? And, uh, you know, obviously um, her ability is similar to, like, using the Force to lift up an object. And it's like, well, have you ever tried to, to, to train yourself and lift up larger objects? Because, you know, say, for example, with Yoda, just like, size means nothing to the Force. Like, have you actually trained that ability? Or have you just gone, oh, all I could do was move a pencil slowly, I guess I'll give up.
0: Yeah, it's also as well like Star Wars is the exact opposite of My Hero Academia where every person in that mainline series is so fucking boring. Mm-hmm. So remember, I think we made the video where we talked about like, why does no one during lightsaber combat turn off
1: their lightsaber midway through combat? And every no other problem. comment is... In the it, extended universe, people have tried it and it's like also apparently a thing where the sign of respect between the Sith and the Jedi. It's like, why would the Sith give a shit?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. it. Like, I could see a Jedi not doing out some sort of like weird, outdated form of um, uh, like honor word? or respect yeah. or whatever. Yeah, for what the fuck would a Sith not do it? Yeah, it's like it's completely unstoppable. Just turn the lightsaber off at random while you're swinging it around.
1: Like, I don't see Darth Maul as having like respect in combat. He just he wants to slice fuckers up.
0: Yeah, and it's that, and just the fact that every other comment is no. It's a it's they've explained it, and it's that they all show respect for each other. Like even the evil people who want to genocide entire race, they respect. They clearly don't <laughs> because they're committing genocide. for sure. If, okay. if they
1: really wanted to show respect, would all the sixty six have happened? No, they would have like fought. They would have like, challenged every Jedi
0: to an honorable duel, not shot them in the fucking back. <laughs> was, like, Star Wars is so bad for like not using their powers in interesting ways even though like, the applications of them are like virtually limitless. Um, What's that?
1: I'll move on to the next question. Okay. Did and you I think fu- of something? I what threw you this thought? one in for fun. I okay. threw this one in for fun. I thought you just thought of something funny um, about Star Wars. This was just when someone reached out for a collaboration. Okay. Uh, Dear Carl's Corner QA, I am manager for promotion of a new project in which real life and blockchain are connected.
0: Is it?
1: Okay. And I'm you. not gonna go through the whole thing because it's an essay, but like yeah, um They're a bit like whether you are a housewife, musician, or engineer or project will suit any viewer as this is the future of future and of blockchain will be used in everyone in everyday life. This is not an ad read, right? you no, not ad this, have you, mate? And I'm just like, Oh, I just thought I I just wanted to throw that in of like, yeah, that's apparently a question, it's just would you like blockchain future, blockchain, manager, future blockchain? I, I'll just like, say, right, I always okay. say
0: when people bring this up of like NFTs and all that stuff, they rather shit in my hand and clap <laughs> than deal with any of that stuff. And I've thankfully only ever interacted with one person who's really into Bitcoin and blockchain. And mm. they would just kept saying like, no, it's really good. You should utilize it. You should, like be able- like, you should get into it. You should invest all your money in it. It's like, I'm just going to save up and buy a an house. A house is a stupid thing. House prices go down all the time. We're waiting for a market crash and then like six months later, price of Bitcoin plummets and everyone's ruined. Yeah, great, mate. <laughs> At least I can live in an house if I buy one. You go live in your fucking Bitcoin. <laughs> go live in your little crypto wallet. Go live in your crypto. Oh, you can't. it has been stolen. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I heard you giggling as you were doing that. I was like, what's he done?
1: Yeah. I just like the idea that like, yeah. Putting the spam people emails are, in as questions. People are reaching out. In the year of like June 2022, or well, the month of June 2022 being, do you like to invest in blockchain? It's like, hasn't that shit all just crashed? That's the best bit, though. That's the
0: best time to do it, because you're only going to get the idiots. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the real, true believers when you do that. So that whole thing about like um, Nigerian email scams are always purposely misspelled, so that only idiots fall for them. Because if, like, if you're stupid enough to not realize the spelling mistakes and grammatical errors, you're probably stupid enough to invest in a scam. Oh right, yeah. Hmm. What the reasons they do it? So when you just get like those random messages off like obvious bots with like the picture of the hot girl, and they're all misspelled, and it's like click this link, and you're like, no, thank you. It's, like... <laughs> but they use that hot girl because they know like the kind of men who are stupid enough to look past any mess. Oh, a hot girls talking about click anything. But there are the the hot,
1: to... hot singles are in my area right now. No, they're not. I've checked. Oh dear. Moving on, anyway. Good uh, question. Got a, got a question from Kat. Just uh okay. on, Lucas. Uh, first of all, just wanted to say that as a trans person, it's awesome to hear you just... Uh, it's just awesome to hear support from content creators that I enjoy. Additionally, I thought it would be funny to let you guys know that I actually discovered you guys, and therefore Fat Fiend and Legend Decanto through this podcast first, thanks to Spotify Recommend. Oh so, yeah. Thank you, Spotify. And, it, you know, if you like the podcast, don't forget to... To go and rate us whatever you see fit. I don't think it's nice when people ask for a five star recommendation. No, rate us
0: what well. I, do you know what? I personally give, I'd give some episodes of this podcast, I would give them a five, like that one where we like spent like, I don't know, like two and a half hours laughing about, um, uh, Z Rex.
1: I'd give that one a five,
0: <laughs> but some of the other ones I don't give a two or a three.
1: So yeah, go and uh, give us a rating, it always helps. And it does, yeah, they just say, Anyway, are there any. Creators or types of internet content that you enjoy and haven't had a chance to mention. Thanks for reading all love your content, Kat.
0: Uh, for me, I don't often watch many content creators per se mm-hmm. uh, because, like, I'm too old. The other thing of like I'm t- I'm too old now to get my personality attached to a content creator, and the only time I did that was when I was much younger and I watched the Super Best Friends, mm. and they had like a very um, public and visible falling out and downfall. It's one of those things of I I did the same thing everyone did, got attached to those content creators got upset when they broke up, reflected on it a while later and went I don't know who those people are Mm -hmm. that was probably unhealthy of me I should probably not do that again so instead I largely just watch specific kinds of content but not the creators themselves Fair enough, yeah So for example I watch a lot of fighting game content and uh, like tournaments and things of that nature Mm Mm-hmm and uh, there is content creators within that sphere I watch. I think like um, Ketchup and Mustard who mostly focus around like Mortal Kombat um, uh, content. I watch those guys because they tend to do like quite good um and interesting things about Mortal Kombat. But it's not necessarily them as personalities that I follow. It's the content they make and they happen to be um, just quite um, amiable guys. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But I, I tend not to um, have many um, uh, content creators specifically that I follow. How about yourself?
1: What do you mean that does Carl not only watch fact content?
0: No, well, I used to, but then I realise I, I don't want to accidentally plagiarise anything I see.
1: That's true. That is a good Same point.
0: Same thing with like not watching many comedians, despite loving comedies. I don't want to accidentally plagiarise a uh, a joke that I heard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I've mentioned quite a few times that like I watch a lot of um kind of funny content. Mm-hmm. Um. I also like watch quite a bit of like Easy Allies and. What's good games? Um it's just generally those three, like if you want to watch mainly gaming content that's like got a variety of people that talk about actual, you know, problems and try and build inclusive environments and stuff, then mm-hmm. I'd I'd recommend those three. Like, you know, they do a lot of work for like charities and I think all all three of them have just done like charity streams to support uh women's rights and stuff like that and help with um I
0: can't all believe- bullshit. That they would do that. I can't believe they'd be so fucking political. (laughs) I can't believe, like, people who are married... One was married, right? Uh, Yeah, like, multiple of them are
1: married and have kids and stuff like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't believe people who are married um, would care about women's rights.
1: Oh, I can't believe women would care about women's rights. Um, But yeah, like, maybe, like... Today we do the opposite. Instead of bashing people for speaking out, just recommend a few channels that like to speak out against the bullshit.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing I unfortunately can't because there's not many things I watch. As I said I don't watch many personalities. I watch a type of content which is largely fighting game things.
1: Yeah, I know sense. what you still, mean because really like, I watch a lot of um, like you know video game essay content, whereas I wouldn't rec- definitely like. I mean, game makers toolkit, kind of. I think they were maybe the one that kind of kicked off that trend. If -hmm. I'm not wrong, Um, but other than that, I just kind of click recommended videos. I don't follow certain people really.
0: Yeah, which is fair enough.
1: Yeah, I just see like, oh, somebody's talking about this game in a critical way that you know I'm interested in. Let's let's go watch that.
2: Mm -hmm. There's
0: also like content creators I did subscribe to for a while. And then just stopped. And I think one, and I don't I'm not gonna call them out because you know it's just it's something I personally just don't like. It's a bugbear of mine. Mm. I just listened to them in one of the bits of content and they just referred to their audience as like the something call. And I was like, get over your fucking self.
2: <laughs> and just I,
0: that line, just for some reason that really grated on me.
1: You're probably on the uh, the other end of that of just like nearly every kind of like you know, content creator or channel or whatever of course Pretty much yeah, I everyone has like a name for the community because then that makes people more likely to join that community and identify with that community
0: that's fair it's, just, it's a personal bugbear of mine that i don't like do you mean that people listening right now aren't fact fiends no <laughs> if you want to give yourself a name you do that but that's like the thing of that the, the, they clearly coined it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it just it for some reason that just like really
1: grated me. I went, I don't want to hear this every time I boot it up. I don't want this. It's like I, I said it. I'm an old it man. Does, it does grate a little bit, but I also completely understand why people do it.
0: Yeah, it's personal preference. It's a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I can't recommend many content creators because I don't watch many of them. I, when it comes to watching content and stuff, I normally watch just like you know, TV shows and movies and listen to songs.
2: Mm-hmm. Um... I'm on
0: YouTube, but I don't consume much of it
1: that's fair i i i think i consume a middling amount a lot of youtube i watch just oh am i playing a game like destiny where i'm just grinding out some exotic weapons or something like that trying to get some gear like i'm just gonna stick youtube on on like the other tv and listen to that while i'm replaying the same mission over and over again to try and get drops
0: yeah same thing yeah I'm just going to watch like, oh, a fighting game tournament because tw- it was on Twitch and it was live, but it was in America. So it was like two in the morning. Here's just the, like the top eight. Let's go watch the top eight for this.
1: Or I guess like, yeah, what's just started right now is like another thing for charity is just Summer Games Done Quick has started. Yep. Summer Games and Awesome Games Done Quick, just like go support them, go watch their stuff because yeah, they, yes. they do like two big charity streams every year to try and raise money for good causes.
0: I will say there is fewer people on the internet with smaller dick energy than the people who take the, the clips from Summer Games and Awesome Games Done Quick. And then the only change they make is just censoring out the thing at the bottom of each runner's, or next to each runner's name, that um, lists their preferred pronouns.
1: Oh my fucking god
0: it's like imagine caring so much but while also trying to argue that you don't care but i don't care about your pronouns but i am going to rip this entire video and re-upload it with your pronouns edited out because i care that much
1: i um, i did almost get annoyed last year when i saw like a, a speed run from them and i clicked on it and it didn't have the pronouns there anymore but it was like on a 30 second loop with another thing Mm-hmm. So, for the first like 30 seconds, they haven't pandered to those people and removed the pronouns. Have they? It was like, if they haven't, I'm going to be so fucking mad. And then, like, you know, 20, 30 seconds later, the like little logo changed and showed off the pronouns. I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll
0: mate. still never forget. Like, when I was like jokes, um, that's one of the things that happens. though. It's not, I don't watch, it's, I do watch some YouTube, so I do happen to catch some because Like, you know, watching awesome Gangstone Quick, you'll, mm-hmm. there's a, selection a smorgasbord a veritable smorgasbord of different content creators who take part in that but i don't necessarily like you know follow it for them i'm following for like you know the content being produced and um, one of the yeah, things i remember after very, watching
1: very like few occasions where i've actually gone and watched the content creator rather than just continue yeah. to watch games done quick
0: it's the same thing as like i'll watch a film that has an actor in it but i'm not watching it for the actor i'm watching it for the film sort of mm-hmm. thing yeah. but um I remember once where it was like, because you'd watched a bunch of, I'd watched a bunch of AGDQ stuff. Something came up, it's like, AGDQ exposed. I'm like, is there something about AGDQ I don't know? Because like the only thing I knew is like, they had the, oh, we want more trans people to take part, which, you know, oh, right, okay gaming yeah. is inclusive. I was like, is this one of those? And I remember the guy breaking it down, it's like some fucking haircut on the internet. i like, did you know the person who runs Awesome Games Done Quick has a salary? And it's like, yeah. Like, every charity on Earth, the person Jesus who runs it Christ. takes a salary because they run a business.
1: Otherwise, charities wouldn't fucking exist because no one would have a house to, like, yeah. live in if they ran a charity.
0: It's like, oh, did you know, they sometimes, they pay volunteers.
1: Like, sort of, volunteers get, like, you know,
0: perks and stuff like that, like, hotel rooms and things. It's like, yeah. Like, so a lot yeah. of people who work for charities are volunteers, but you need, somebody somewhere needs to get paid doing the thankless job of shit, like, taxes And as well, just... um, Handing out t-shirts is a thing you can volunteer. You can't volunteer to be the CEO of a company because that requires a lot of work.
1: Think about how much money it takes, especially when, like, Games Done Quick is in person, like, you know, hiring out a venue and stuff. The amount of
0: logistics, yeah. Like, a lot of money needs to be put down.
1: So that's one of the things
0: they talked about. Yeah, like, you know, they took this much money, but only donated this much. It's like, yeah, that's pay for a fucking venue. They get a discount on it because they're a charity, Mm -hmm. but they still got to pay for a venue you have got to pay like security staff.
1: But they the don't... investment made, say if it say they spent hundred grand overall on like a game some quick event. But they raise three but million dollars. they raise yeah, two, three million dollars. Like that's worth the investment then.
0: Of course, yeah. It's, and that's what's really hilarious about fact like, the it's like exposed. Did you know the person who runs it takes a salary from the business? Like, yes. Yeah.
1: I always find that so funny when people like try every call charity is like, this CEO takes money. Like yeah, they need it's to because live
0: their life. it's because, and you know what most of the time it is. It's because if that person wasn't being being, being paid, they'd go work for another company that did pay them,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they would make money for that. Because that's the thing. Like, what is a the old thing? Like CEOs, their whole purpose is to like you know create profit for shareholders, create value. Mm-hmm. It's just that in that case, the the thing they're creating the value for is a charity.
2: Yeah,
0: and those people that like, you need to pay them, otherwise they'll go work in the private sector. It's one of those things that, like you got to spend money to make money. And in this case, you have got to spend money to like, you know get donations. But it's just, I remember that one I'm just like giggling to myself like <laughs> this person is a fucking moron who doesn't know how our business works. And you scroll down the top comment is you're a fucking moron who doesn't know how <laughs> our business works. And, like at least people get it.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we can move on to a question yes. from Logan. Ooh, hello, Logan. Uh, says good evening, Carl and Lucas. We're recording this in the middle of the day, so quite rude. But yeah, <laughs> how does that? First of all, I wanted to thank you uh, both for your advice about building my confidence. It genuinely helped me out a lot. Okay. Uh, this time, I was hoping you could answer a question that I've been trying to figure out for a while now. Which is? What, what would you guys say is a reasonable budget to build a PC? Preferably one that could be used to do some streaming, since I've wanted to take a crack at that for a few years, but didn't have the confidence in myself. Certainly not expecting to go anywhere, but figured it'd be a good way to try and further build up my confidence. Apologies for making this so unwinded. I hope you're both doing well. And thank you both for the free content with regards to Logan.
0: Uh, my answer is, I don't know. Um, that's it. Mine cost £800. Yeah. That's what mine cost. Um, my I've got one at the office and one for my home use. The one for home use costs a little bit more, but that's because it initially had to have like things like keyboard monitors and all the equipment attached to it. But all in all, my streaming setup probably costs about 1500 pounds. When you include all the equipment, like a camera, wires, hard drives, um, the f- um, editing software and things like that. But that's not, re- you could get it done cheaper, but I don't, I lack the knowledge to pre to build a PC myself. Someone out there is going to go, well, you could have built it for cheaper." It's yeah, I could have done, but it would have mm-hmm. took me a few weeks and um, required knowledge. I don't have, I'd rather pay for the convenience. And that's an option I that I have.
1: I initially spent about £500 pounds on my editing PC that I also ended up streaming from. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not necessarily required if you're doing streaming, like especially if you've got a console to stream from. I think that's the most important part of the question. Because do you just need a box that can like have enough CPU to stream like you know, using OBS or whatever? Or do you need the box to be able to run games as well at the same time because that becomes way more taxing and you see a lot of bigger streamers and pc streamers and stuff they'll have one pc running the game streaming into another pc to stream the content yeah similar to how we have like capture cards and stuff but um it's weird because technically you don't need a pc apparently like a lot of people on tiktok I've gone back to the days of, like, early noughties YouTube. Straight from the phone. I like doing it straight from the phone. And, like, people are pointing their phone into a mirror. And then the mirror's got them playing a game. And it's got the person in the game on, like, the mirror that they're watching. And people are getting, like, a lot of you streaming that on TikTok and stuff. So, yeah. I think there's creative solutions to get around necessarily being like...
0: That's the thing, yeah.
1: ...needing it's, to spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds or dollars or whatever your currency is on a big PC.
0: It's very important to know that you can do it for a lot cheaper than we've said and a lot more money than we've said. And mm-hmm. we are not reflective of the average person because um, I'm especially not because I had the benefit of the business. So a lot of my stuff could be written off as a business expense. And I know there's those weird... PC purists out there who are either scoffing because I spent not enough money or scoffing because I spent too much mm-hmm. and you're never going to win with those people just f- do what you can afford and what you're willing to spend right like, take stock of what you actually need yep and get advice on that because I don't I'm not the most I computer would- literate person
1: last thing I definitely like um maybe ask this question on maybe like a Reddit page about streaming or something like that. I'm sure there's... Um, yeah, I'm unsure um, where they
0: asked us specifically for this because it's pretty well known that I'm not the most computer
1: literate person <laughs> and I just bought what was advised. And that's the thing is like I'm quite computer literate, but I built my PC and bought it because I was editing for you. Mm-hmm. And therefore I knew I was getting some like guaranteed income and in there, therefore spent like 500 quid. And then you got me like a mic and a camera as well. Yeah. Um, so that Which, isn't even taken into account that price and stuff that's like an extra 100 quid on top and um, the mics are way more than that these were very expensive microphones Lucas well no I'm, I'm not I'm not saying these specifically but if you want a microphone and a camera and you're just going to buy something online that you see like not specifically the ones we've got but top up like another 100 quid or whatever easy to go get some some alright ones of them um, I'm just throwing out a ballpark figure, I'm not saying what we spent. Oh right, I thought you said that I was like I was like, just no, just no, it, like, no. I'm just saying like if you want to add more costs on top, like throw yes. an easy extra hundred on top for that. Um, so it is it's one of those of like if you want to just stream, as I say, and you can just buy a a cheap laptop, even um like a second hand laptop or something, and then get a capture card. Um, and hook up your console, you don't actually need much in terms of PC power or anything. Um, but as I say, people are doing weird shit on TikTok to just need a phone to do it and stuff. Yeah. Like, there's there's plenty of ways, If you, especially if your goal is to try and just get yourself on camera and try and get some confidence built up. I wouldn't necessarily sit here and suggest building a whole PC or anything. Um, maybe if you're enjoying it and you find yourself like, getting anywhere or just, you know, you you feel like the enjoyment and confidence is worth the investment mm-hmm. further down the line. Just start out as cheaply and crudely as you possibly can
0: well, and then uh, figure
1: it out from there.
0: You mentioned the best friends earlier. Like They started just recording their TV with a video camera without any mm-hmm. audio equipment, and yeah. they took off from that. And it's sad because we've, I think one of the things we've talked about is that kind of content does not take off anymore. Like gaming content, unless you've already got an established audience, you're not going to On YouTube, it doesn't really. Yeah. Maybe on Twitch, depending on what game you play. But that's something I want to just like clarify immediately. If you try to do this on YouTube, you're probably not going to find much success because of gaming content. I not think
1: they said streaming.
0: In which case, streaming That Another thing is like 99% of people streaming, stream to two or less people. Mm-hmm. That's like, the I don't know what the statistics, is, but it's over 90% of people on Twitch on any given day stream to an audience of less than two or three people.
1: And I think my first piece of advice would be that that live tracker of viewers is not Lies. live. It's Lies. about a minute or two behind. So if you're not always talking as if you've got an audience, they're going to tune in, see someone being perfectly silent playing a game, say this person's not a good streamer and leave. So first piece of advice to anyone out there listening, trying to stream, has already tried, whatever, always be talking as if you've got an audience there. You don't necessarily need to be asking questions because you're not going to get responses, but just get used to essentially narrating whatever you're doing. Yes. And explaining why you're doing something or what you're doing or what your aim is playing the game. Um,
0: Also as well... Um, don't let it get to your fucking head. Because I have seen way too many people, uh, not fall because of this, but they'll get like, a, I saw one the other day, like a tweet that was like a like of a like of a like of a follow. And it was like some guy got raided by um, a bigger streamer and they were on there like talking to the big I am. I knew I'd make it someday. Over a hundred streamers or over a hundred people watching at any given time. Fuck yeah, go me. And it's mm. like someone who's been raided on Twitter Twitch, I know exactly what that means. It's like 100 people tuned in for about 10 minutes and Mm -hmm. then 90% of them left and then 10% stuck around out of obligation and then none of them subscribed or followed.
1: Yep. And the only real time it works is like, you know, for example, I've had you help me out with um, raids before in the past and then it's like, oh, well, this is Lucas, the guy who's like on the channel and you already know. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it's just oh, hey, guys, I'm going to send you over to random chucklefuck3 that I found in the middle of the pile, and I have no association with this person or brand. Go watch their content. It's like, well, why? Well, that's what happens.
0: It's every time I've ever had someone raid my stream, it's always five minutes of people spamming emotes, and then 90% of them leave. Mm-hmm. Then the other 10% get annoyed that you're not happy that they're spamming emotes and stopping other people from chatting and having a good time.
1: Because that's thing I follow about... I think I follow, like, seven, eight channels on... Twitch, and I'm like, any time I've gone to to end my stream, I always give it a glance and go, are any of those like eight channels online? And they never are, but I like, if at any point they are, I'll raid them because I actually know who that creator is. Yes. Whereas if it's just, oh, I'm going to do what a lot of raiders do, is just, I'm going to click on the game I'm playing, go to a low view count so that they're really appreciative of my raid, Mm-hmm. And then send my people over there and see them go. Oh my god! Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Spam a load of emotes and then everyone leaves. It's that thing. It's like it's kind of like masturbatory, isn't it? Of like
0: one of the I've experienced this a couple of times and I've seen the person who raided get annoyed that I didn't acknowledge it. And it's like well, I'm just mm-hmm. waiting for everything to calm down, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to see what have you actually got to say? Because that's the I'm now old enough now and jaded enough where that's not a thing that impresses me. Or something I give a shit about, and it's kind of weird to see that like breakdown in real life, where it's like, oh yeah, some people are in chat, and it's like you're not bothered. It's like I'm I'm cool. I'm just there playing a video game, having a beer. Mm-hmm. I don't care if there's two thousand people here or um, twenty. I'm still gonna just like play my video game and have my beer and chat. And they can't handle it. It's like, what is this? What is this? How is this person not losing their shit? And it's like
1: because i don't oh no. care the streamers have gone after carl just relax
0: i'm doing it for fun hello? which i think is the important thing about streaming make sure it's fun if you're not
2: enjoying it take the day off hello oh lucas i appear to have lost lucas carl. for a I'm second Let's try that again. You there, mate? Uh, Lucas, you there? Hello? There we go. Oh.
1: You back? Let me just make a note of that. Yep. Just you cut out and I was like, Lucas? See, so like you just cut out for me. Like me commenting that sentence. I was like,
0: oh. it. Same thing happened to me. Either way, I finished like, my answer and then I just went, Lucas, and was quiet for a few seconds. So we'll no doubt be able to figure that one out. Want me to clap or anything?
1: I've just done that now.
0: Ah, Okay, in which case, then, oh, um, uh, so we got cut off a little bit though. We're not sure what happens. So let's move swiftly on to the
1: next one, Lucas. Yeah, we can indeed. Um, yeah, another another question with no Nate. Um The mystery man. It's anonymous <laughs> guy. Ask a lot of questions. Um, hey, big fan of you guys. Uh, hope things work out and Fat Things survives a while longer. My question is, what kind of music do you both like? also, do you like finding new music? Uh, they want to recommend heavy metal opera band Avantasia. I've heard of them. One of my favorite unique bands. Uh, if you could, during Q&A... So, oh, there we go. Say, the, the question is from Spectral. There we go. Thank you, Spectral. Uh, I haven't watched Q&A yet to know if you say who asked for what. Uh, so they just wanted to say to use that name. Thanks, Thanks. guys. Enjoy your day whenever you read this. uh right. We have a video going uh, like, out on the I did read side these channel. questions yesterday, but forgot that that was in the middle of there, but yes, that's fair.
0: but we have a video going out on the untitled side channel answer this exact question, so uh, might as well just advise you to go once again, check out the untitled side channel, subscribe to it, and at some point there will be a full video going what's about half an hour long where we all get into this answering this question
1: that's why I wanted to to put this in because it's like read the question, the valid question, and um it's like I want you to know your question's been read, but we've already recorded and are now like in the process of editing and getting a video up where um all four members of the team go into like you know detail and I should say I think it's like near half an hour long between the four of us like explaining yeah. what music we listen to like our favorite bands blah 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 like um, any like I think I mentioned like my tattoos that I've got of like my favorite artists and stuff like that so yeah. yeah
0: we are getting into that i'm not and ignoring
1: also, that question it's a valid question it's just we're going to get way more in depth than that if you follow the side channel
0: i'd also like to say as well please don't recommend bands because i hate when people recommend stuff to me because it's like what am i supposed to do with this information i think something we've talked about is we have so many things that are on our personal lists in regards to media we want to like albums we want to list to books we want to read movies we want to watch games we want to play that list will never end because every other week like, a new thing gets added to it because that gets released or something we discover.
1: So. And I will say just like the opposite of a shout out to Spotify for the discovery on that platform being so awful.
0: No, oh, it's horrendous. Like, oh, I click on this thing to like play music in this genre and it plays a bunch of music that I've already got saved into one of my playlists.
1: Or it's just, oh, hey, here's the same like, you know, bands that appear in the top 40, the top 100 all the time. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I get it. But, you know, when I click on, you know, say, for example, I'm like, oh, I like Baby Mel, but I don't really know any other bands like Babymetal. Mm-hmm. And I'll click on their artist radio, and it's like, well, here's two other bands from Japan that you've heard mentioned from your friends, and then a bunch of other, like, metal artists, like Metallica and shit pop up, and I'm like... Alright. I, I know about Metallica. It's like the point is I'm using this to discover like bands I might not have heard of. Yeah. And, and then uh, I know you can like click on Do not recommend
0: this. My
1: favorite thing. Well, I was gonna say I know you can click on a band and be like, oh similar artist, but then yep. I'll click on that and then when I've gone through the first like top five similar artists, when I click on those artists, the similar artists all loop back around to one another. Mm-hmm. so it's just like this like six seven band circle jerk that spotify won't let me get out of anymore and they all recommend each other to each other
0: and it's mm-hmm. like it's like uh, the thing i've mentioned something if you have people give people a glimpse into uh, this now i think a lot of people curate their online experience to the point where they never really seen what it's like when you have a fresh account so when we made the untitled side channel account Um, oh yeah we none of us use that account to watch videos we just upload stuff to it and every now and again i think we use it to watch our own content back to make sure it still works and that's about it isn't it
1: um i did in fact accidentally look up a bunch of one piece clips for this week's video which is fine i i didn't realize i was like on the side channel account i thought it was on my own personal account and then was like Oh, I've been trying to get clips on there and now this side channel is just filled with one piece content. And that's
0: something that happens. But Mm. one of the things I noticed after you uploaded a couple of your Pokemon videos is we were getting suggestions of like Pokemon content from content creators. And I scrolled down the list of recommended things and literally every single one was the same guy. And it's like, so the recommended feature for this. And that's what I found really hilarious. It's like, I'm watching your video on Pokemon, mm-hmm. you know, a smaller creator on a smaller channel, that's mm-hmm. so like got a more niche audience. And literally every single suggestion is, why don't you go watch this person who's already got 3 million subs?
1: Would you like to go and check out this niche creator with 1.7 million views on the last 10 channel, or last yeah. 10 uploads?
0: And that's the thing of like, yeah. And I know that we fall into that category and I'm aware that we do. And I would like it if people who are in the position we were in three years ago could get that boost. So this is not me saying, like, why don't more people watch? It's like, no, I'm aware that we're in that position now of, like, an established um, uh, point on YouTube. But smaller I mean, but creators the don't get a push. I mean, but see the difference, whereas, yes. like,
1: even between, like, the Fat Fiend and the side channel, like, the I see Fat Fiend videos get recommended to me quite often because, you know, again, we watch through them and stuff, like, or I'll watch ones that I, I haven't taken part in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the side channel stuff, which, again, I do the same with, that doesn't really pop up on my recommended feed.
0: No, it's only ever other creators, isn't it? It's Who are like, already
1: established on the platform. And it's it's like it's weird that I consume side channel content and fat fiend content in an almost exact same way, but it will keep recommending the one that's got you know fifty thousand views instead of the one that's got two thousand views. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, it's not great. <laughs> It's not, but um yeah, I do like finding new music, but um I, I've often used like Last FM um in the past to like help with recommendations, but then I also use Spotify for like streaming non-copyright music. Mm-hmm. So that all my recommendations on that have been like messed up with a bunch of like video game like, you know, cover artists and stuff. So it's all like trying to push towards that a lot of the time as well and
2: mm-hmm.
1: my, my whole recommended thing has become just a bit of a mess now but even before then spotify has been completely useless at helping me find much new music yeah but it's difficult it but. is nice though when you you click with a new band and you're like oh yeah
0: that is And it's an experience though, i feel is very personal so that's why it gets frustrating people recommend things it's like mm-hmm. it's a band that you like and that's good and other people will like that band. And if it's something, and it's just against all those weird personal idiosyncrasies I have, if I'd rather discover the band on my own and have that experience on my own, because it's, do you know when someone tells you to watch a film, say like, this is the funniest film ever? Or this is a funny oh, show? Yeah. And they sit there watching it and you just know they're sat there watching you the entire time of like, a a, a and you're like, oh, I can't have like the experience I would have done just um, enjoying this on my own. We are here, and now if like you expect a certain reaction, it's like oh, again, and, uh, it's a very strange personal moment.
1: Yeah, we're rounding out as well with like a a triple question from uh, the Dylan. triple question. Okay, so I guess we can like treat these as like more quick fire round questions. Let's so, go for it yes. to finish off with. So, um they have three questions for us. Uh, they say, "Howdy, Colin, Lucas." Three questions: one for Lucas, one for Colin, one for both. Okay. Uh, question for Lucas: Just watch the uh, sliding difficulty of Black and White 2 in which Professor Lucas appeared mm-hmm. uh, this naturally leads to the question what would your professor name be and I don't particularly know because like I my old answer would always be that well you've got to name them after a tree but they've gone yeah. away from that now. It'd be something that's at least botanical related mm. um, what's
0: yeah, the
2: name actually. of that
0: tree that has like 16 different fruits on it
1: is there a tree like that?
0: Yeah, they have to specially like breed and do cuttings with them. But it's like a tree that's known for having many different kinds of fruit, so hence many different kinds of colour on them.
1: Oh, I've Fruit never salad trees. Fruit salad trees, yes, but they don't have a specific <laughs> name. So what you're saying is that I would be Professor Fruit Salad. That's the annoying, yeah. You know what? I'm happy with that. I'll be Professor Fruit Salad.
0: It says here that it is um a, fruit, a series of fruit trees created by Syracuse University professor Dr. Sam Van Ecken using the technique of grafting, and each tree produces 40 kinds of stone fruit. Dear God. So I guess you could like, you know, Professor Syracuse as a, re- as a nod to that.
1: Nah, I prefer Professor Fruit Solid. Professor Fruit Solid, okay then. No, we're going with that. Because professor... I, I just kind of went with, oh yeah, you know what you said in the video. About... Oh, like, I don't know if you just put me in a lab coat or say Professor Lucas, but... I was just like, oh yeah, Professor Lucas makes sense, but then yeah. I Professor think I put, I think someone. I called
0: you Professor Lucas and just put like I edited your like
2: email thing
1: yeah. onto the head of um Professor Oak. I enjoyed it. I wasn't expecting it. And then I just watched the video and was like, oh, this is cute. I appreciate it a lot. And uh question for Carl. Okay. Um Do you have any advice for someone to start on a website? I plan on starting a website to host my history essays and Pulp Sci-Fi Serial, so I'd greatly appreciate if you could talk about your experience of running the Fat Fiend website, which I know is, like, you know, a bit complicated, so I'll let you explain it.
0: Uh, yes, there's a video on the side channel, again, where I explain the origins of Fat Fiend. I did not set up the website. I had no hand in creating it. It was created as a gift for me, mm-hmm. um, because I used to um, write for a website called Top Tens, and the owner of that site, Shell Harris, um, noticed that I did a bunch of little quick facts on my Facebook of things that um, I found for articles I researched that week, but couldn't do anything with. And he says, well, why don't you turn that into an entire ID? You could make a website where you just host these if you just like wrote them out a little bit. So he created fact for me. So I have no experience setting up a website. Um, I've worked for many of them and I mostly work with WordPress. And again... Um, I just did the writing and the submission part of it. All the editing and stuff of the actual website creation, formatting, all that good stuff was taken care of by people who are more familiar with that than me. So I can offer no advice beyond start.
1: Yeah. And I'd say just, you know, start out with something simple like using a WordPress or use one of those sites like um, not sponsored or anything, but like, you know, Squarespace or Wix or whatever, like those ones where the advertisers just, oh, any person can just make a website and it's all drag and drop and just you know templates and stuff like that just start out something simple if it's just like to host your own work and stuff just yeah get it out there and and just um essentially like you know it's equivalent of just kind of having like a blog or a portfolio site or whatever so yeah yeah. and the
0: advice is as everyone says kiss keep it simple stupid keep it simple and clean and well formatted as possible. The more bullshit people have to click through to get to your work, the less likely they have to stick around. Mm-hmm. Number one piece of advice.
1: Um, and then, question for both. Um, Ooh. I think we've had a similar kind of question like this, so again, we'll just run through it quickly, but we could uh, design any type of Pokemon game. What would it look like? Uh, they would like to play a character action game and go through dungeons, unlock a new Pokemon, and evolve in the one you choose to play as. Um, I think yeah, I think we've like talked about this in the past. But do you have any specific ideas? Uh not particularly
0: now. Like, just go back to two D. But that's like not really. I think people talk so much about Pokemon, and everyone thinks their idea is the best. And so mm-hmm. many of them sound. It's more interesting to talk about ones that are bad. Like people keep saying, "Make a Pokemon MMO." And it's like that'd be fucking awful.
2: It's, it's
0: like... supposed to. Be... It's an exploration game for kids. At the end of the day, like the core series is for children.
1: I think it should stay as a series for children. <laughs> I like the idea of kind of combining what they're doing now with some of the functionality they had back in X and Y of like, mm-hmm. the they're at least saying in the new game that it will be four player co-op. They haven't said whether it's specifically like local only, online only or both or whatever, but like, the idea is that four people can explore that world at the same time and co-op the game together, yep. which is the happy medium I want. I don't want the MMO, but I did like the PSS system of just, oh, here's people that are also online in a similar area to you and they're like treated as like passer and you can yep. click on them and request a battle or request a trade and stuff. Like They're just in a menu on the second screen, but like you can just click on them and um, I think that worked a lot better than like what Sword and Shield did with like the stamp system and yeah. stuff like that. So like, Pokemon is a very specific game with a very
0: specific genre, a very established one. And every time I hear someone, how would you reinvent it? It's like it doesn't need to be. It's a game for children. If you've aged out of the series, that's fine. It's not for you anymore. If you're still able to enjoy it, that's also fine. They don't need to reinvent the wheel. They've created something that people like, and they can just keep, like you know, innovating upon that original idea. It's a good
1: idea. That's why it was successful. I would love to personally see um, a Pokemon roguelike, where just oh, you you know, um, similar to like the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, or like more like in the gameplay style of like a a Binding of Isaac, or mm-hmm. you know, Hades, or something like top down. You're going through dungeons, beating bosses, different Pokemon, different but- memes. It could work, yeah. Like, you, just the idea that you have a random chance at starting at any Pokemon, and, like, that's the roguelike element, is just, oh, shit, well, you start out, and um, maybe do it like Rogue Legacy, where, oh, for this run, you get to pick one of these three monsters, and it's, like, here's the the positives and the negatives, and just, like, go through a little top-down dungeon of just, oh, well, shit, this time, my best choice was, like, a fucking... A Poochyena, and that was the best I got. But you might be able to evolve it into like a Mightyena and get some perks and find some like better moves along the way or whatever.
0: Yeah, there's like there's a bunch of stuff that you can do with that series, but I don't think like the actual series itself needs
1: to be revitalized. It's like they built a universe and they can do a lot of things within it. And I think ultimately the strongest idea for a Pokemon game is to have a party of Pokemon in an RPG, which is what they immediately landed on. Mm-hmm. I just think that a lot of the directions of the game and a lot of the systems in the game could be improved to make a much better version of what Pokemon could be. Yeah, and at thing. they could have a uh,
0: an enhanced version of it. Like, they're still trying to refine that very basic concept they came up with like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm and uh, just the idea of like people say a pokemon mmo would be great it's like no it wouldn't if it was if it's such a good idea pokemon would have done it if it was like a slam dunk million billion dollar idea they'd have made it by now
1: i think people probably don't want a pokemon mmo they just want a pokemon game with a lot of fleshed out online elements which Mm -hmm. is kind of what i was saying earlier like i don't think most people realize that like I don't want 30 other trainers like running around my starter town being like I want a battle, I want a battle, I want a battle, I want a battle. No, I don't I think, think most people want that. I think
0: it'd ruin the experience. A Pokémon MMO would be awful because half the point of Pokémon is to explore a world on your own. Like the series was created to emulate a very specific experience, that being when you're a little kid and you go out into like the woods on your own and you're looking at all these creatures you've never seen before. It's a very very specific tone they try and establish in each of those games. And as people get older, they become more jaded to that because the experience isn't new. And I think people keep overlooking, yep. but there are still kids being born, playing Pokemon for the first time for who that is a magical moment. And to take that away from them would be really, because we had that. So it captures a very specific type of thing. And I think that it's one of the only real games that does it and aims it at children. So a
1: lot of games that try and get And that, you continue know, that big reveal to get to the kids.
0: And continue to aim at kids, yes. Mm.
1: And that's not the important dumb thing because yet. like that's what Disney does is like Disney knows the best way to keep making money is to hook everyone in on nostalgia. Because when now kid. you've got you've got kids that are wanting to get their parents to buy them stuff, but now like say for example Pokemon, they also have a bunch of like, you know, people in their twenties and thirties with expendable income they also want to go buy that stuff for the sake of nostalgia, so they' they're hitting on multiple markets now and will continue to as long as they keep aiming at kids like they'll keep bringing in new generations of fans, whereas like the if the Pokemon company had decided to age up with the fans, they'll be in a situation in twenty years' time where all those people have stopped giving a shit and they've got no one else bringing in like income they've got no one else coming through the ranks,
0: yeah, it's just uh. Yeah, every time I I see that discussion of like, let's make a Pokemon MMO. The Pokemon MMO one's the one that always gets me of like, the whole point of the game is to explore this world on your own. I can't imagine how much that tone would be annihilated by a bunch of like, you said in the start of town, battle, 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 buying GF, buying GF, and mm-hmm. all this sh- Like the last thing I want in a Pokemon game is for the real world to um, uh, invade it.
1: The idea though, that you can have like a couple of friends along the way, similar to the anime of like, oh, here's three friends going through an adventure together. That's about as much as I accept. That's what I want the experience of being in Scarlet and Violet, which I'm sure they'll figure out some way to mess that up. But like, I bet you it'll be what a lot of games do, where it's like, oh, the moment you pop into somebody else's open world, all the progress you make in that open world doesn't translate back to your own game. There's going to be something, yeah. Which is always the killer of like, oh, but that means if I want to experience this game, I am now tied to either playing the game twice or only playing when my friend is hosting their world.
0: Yeah, like, remember when we tried to play Monster Hunter World online together? Oh, God,
1: yeah. And it was just like, oh, any... Just... (sighs) Every single mission was like, oh, no, I've booted Carl back out of your party. You've got to watch some cutscenes that are unskippable. Then you've got to start your next mission after it sends you to the hub. Then I've got to, like... Create a party for the next mission and just rinse and repeat.
0: You don't make any progress on this mission because, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's further in off, further behind the game where
1: you are. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. Because, like, for example, um, for anyone that doesn't understand what we're saying, so, like, if Carl and I were both at the final boss, I could say to Carl, do you want to do the final boss together? And what we'd have to do is I host that mission. We both go into my save file, defeat the boss on my game save, get all of like you know the rewards and experience of that, then go back to the whole world. Carl would have to be like, "But it hasn't completed the boss for me, so now I exactly. you know Carl needs to host that mission again, we do that mission again, do all the, the entire thing twice, and then we've both completed the mission once alternately, if like sometimes that doesn't that's not the case because you
0: you were at the exact same point in the game, but to be at the exact same point in a game where, like, it's an RPG and there's so much, like, ostensibly, you given all this freedom to do it. It's just those two things cannot coexist. I you thought, can't like, give people well, freedom.
1: I can't speak for Monster Hunt specifically, but I know some games, like, even if you're at the exact same point in the story, some games have to do yeah. do it on your own save file and not on somebody else's.
0: Some games do do that, yes, yeah, so and some games mm. don't. Wipe. But it's just a thing of, um, yeah, bringing it back to the Pokemon thing of, they can make games using Pokemon, but there's no games using Pokemon that I want besides the original idea, which I think is very strong. Not always handled the best way, but I always look at it through the lens of, ultimately it's for children. And the fact that I'm still able to enjoy it, it's like a Disney movie of, those movies are made for kids, but I can still enjoy them. That's a pretty hard line to walk. mm mm-hmm. Without falling either way, like the fact you can still make something that is aimed at children and then adults find entertaining is impressive, and is difficult yeah. enough on its own without adding an extra layer of all um, the stuff, the fan base that doesn't seemingly know what it wants.
1: I, I would say, like, I kind of would like, um, as you did the sliding difficulty episode, like, I it would probably be a challenge, but I'd probably enjoy having that hard mode, where just oh, like you know the enemies pokemon they've got a bit more of a fleshed out team using items and stuff that's the only thing i'd ask for i would like that being unlocked from the start in a new pokemon game but i like i get why they don't but at the same time like that it doesn't seem like a massively challenging thing to implement they implemented it in a previous pokemon game i would like to maybe see that attempted again but don't make me beat the game before i unlock it
0: yeah, I would, wouldn't mind a hard mode, but again, it's a game for children. So when they say, why don't they put in hard mode for like, you know, the, the hardcore fans, it's because you're one percent of the audience.
1: Yeah, and like I would like it, but I, I understand why they don't do it. Exactly. And I'm yeah, not mad. It's just a bit disappointing, like I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Yeah,
0: it's the thing we can say, isn't it? This would be a thing that we would like, but we're not gonna complain that it's not in there because we understand it's a game for children.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, off the top of my head, like the only thing I can think of that is a different thing is like, yeah, maybe give us like some weird little roguelike, but then you know that it would be, well, here's a roguelike, but there's 30 Pokemon out of the 900 that can appear. Of course, yeah, it'll be all the most Because of limitations ones. and stuff. And like, yeah. this is, you know, one discussion I don't want to have all day long, but you know, that is also the reason why they're finding it very hard to implement over 900 Pokemon in each new game. Yeah. Because like it just gets to that point where like 900 characters in a game, when it, you're not talking about Pokemon, everyone will be like, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But the moment you say, well, it's not 900 characters, it's 900 Pokemon people, well, are you insane? Everyone has to be in there.
0: But it's like, if you go play like fucking Dynasty Warriors, and they've got like 200 characters in some of those games, and everyone's like, this is ridiculous, I'm not going to use half of these. And, then he said, and like, most of po- them are just like um, palette swaps and use the same moves and stuff. Or their Pokemon or, or their characters that have like a sensibly like the same use as someone else, but they're worse.
1: hmm I keep saying it. Like, who wants Finneon?
0: No one. What whose favourite Pokemon is Finneon? No one's.
1: You'll know you know someone will be there. Um But yeah, I think that's a, a good place to end it. It's just like it is no indeed, one wants yes. Finneon and if you are listening to this you as love Finneon. we're recording it um, 2 days before this comes out i'm about to react to the the poke no, not pokemon nintendo mini direct partner showcase
0: yay which everyone's going to um, be like where smash where smash speaking of like you know people
1: not reading the fucking title where smash where smash where smash yeah. where smash so that'll be a fun thing to watch comments happen on but um, yeah, if you're actually listening on the day this comes out, Thursday 30th of June, I will be playing um, the Cuphead Delicious Last Course, the DLC yeah, um, for Cuphead over on my Twitch night.
0: And I will be not here, so don't bother me. Go and
1: enjoy your holiday, Carl.
0: I will indeed. Cheers, everybody.